Hey besties! Welcome to the 20-something Teenage Girl Podcast. This is my first episode. I turn 22 tomorrow, which is absolutely absurd to me because I very much still feel like I am a 16-year-old girl. If you ask anybody in my real life who is friends with me, they will tell you that I have the humor of a 16-year-old boy. That will definitely come out in this podcast. So it hasn't even hit me that I am in my 20s whatsoever. And there's this meme circulating around the internet right now of girls saying stuff along the lines of like, oh, how am I supposed to be expected to pay taxes? I'm just a 20-something-year-old teenage girl. And I very much resonated with that meme, and hence the name of this podcast was born. I kind of just want to talk about everything on this podcast. I don't really have a set category. I'm definitely really interested in spirituality and self-development, and I would really like to talk about books that I'm reading. Like I said, there's not going to be like a set topic. It's I'm going to go on a limb and just whatever I'm feeling for that week, that's what you're going to hear about. And today, I am really suffering from imposter syndrome. I'm sitting in front of this microphone, and there's just everything in my head is telling me that I shouldn't be doing this. So what better way to tackle that than to, first of all, just defy it directly (laughs) by doing this podcast anyways, and also just unpack a little bit about what it is, times in my life that I felt it, and some things that I have implemented to combat that, because I know that every single person on this planet struggles with imposter syndrome. I don't think I've ever met a person who hasn't felt this way. So hopefully what I share today can help somebody going through this. And I think that in our 20s, it's this very transformative time where you're in this weird transition from being a teenager, like a child, to becoming an adult. And it's so fucking weird. Like, I can vote and drink alcohol and technically adopt a child and get a tattoo. Like, that doesn't make any sense. That that doesn't make any sense. Every time I go into the grocery store and I remember that I could buy wine, I, I am absolutely flabbergasted. Anyways, I am a avid listener of podcasts. I absolutely love self-help and self-development podcasts. Some of my favorites are Emma Chamberlain. I love Leo Skeppy. I love the Highest Self podcast by Sahara Rose. I'd recommend you listen to all of these. But the one thing that I found that was missing from the podcast that I was consuming is all of these people have really figured their shit out. Emma Chamberlain is closer to my age. Sure, we're kind of in the same life phase. But at the same time, we're not because I think she's a millionaire, right? And I'm not. I am just a student trying to make it to the next day. So what better person to get your advice from? I'm kind of kidding. But what I really wanted was just someone that I could relate to, someone that could just be very real about what they're going through because I think that this time period is also just so isolating. I saw a poll that people feel they're most alone when they're in college. And that's definitely been very true for me because every single day we are like tackling old belief systems and rewriting them. And that is absolutely terrifying. I'm learning so much about myself and about the world 
every moment of every day. And like I just said, that's, it's very, very isolating to feel like you are discovering all of these new things on your own. And I I wanted to make this podcast to show anyone else that is kind of going through this transitional, transformative, whatever you want to call it, stage in life, that they're not alone, that these feelings are incredibly normal. I think that most of us, if not all of us, feel this way. And I may have already said this, but I've never met anybody that hasn't suffered from imposter syndrome. And this is something that really has been coming up for me going to school for the first time and just, of course, doing this podcast. It like took a lot for me to even try to put myself out there on social media. And I definitely still don't feel like I am worthy of like being a model when I'm on shoots. I am like, why am I here? I, I am not qualified. But anyways, we're going to be diving into all of that today. So I just want to share a little bit about me for anyone who doesn't know me already. Hello, my name is Marin. I am from Southern California. This feels like the first day of school and I'm doing icebreakers. So some of the things that I'm interested in, I really love the beach. I love meditating. I love doing yoga. I love journaling. I love Taylor Swift. I just went to her concert two days ago and I am suffering from the worst Taylor Swift hangover of all time. I enjoy sewing. I like to garden. I love plants. And I've always been a very, very creative person. So pretty much from the moment that I was able to operate a camera or operate the computer. I was making little iMovies. I think I've done like every single trailer template that exists on iMovie. I remember in seventh grade, I decided I wanted to be a filmmaker and I watched the Hunger Games movies and I typed out the script word for word. I downloaded the score and I got all of my friends and I forced them to (laughs) reenact the reaping scene. We didn't film any other scenes this is basically just to preface to you that I am a major nerd and this has been something that I've wanted to do for a very very long time I was also a theater kid and when I hit freshman year of high school I was kind of given this decision I needed to choose to do swim team or choose to do the spring musical because they were both in the spring semester I couldn't do both and I chose swim team because I was so wrapped up in how people thought of me. I grew up moving around a lot. I was really never in the same school for maybe more than two years at a time. And I think that already when you're that age, all you want is friends. All you want is to be accepted. And it's a little bit hard to be accepted when your interests are considered nerdy or weird by the mainstream And I think that my theater kids and bookworms can certainly relate to maybe feeling a little bit outcasted by the rest of your school, that they're not very cool things to do. So that's a long-winded way of saying I was pressured by myself and by my peers into doing swim team. And I kind of just took this creative part of me and I just shoved it deep, deep down inside of myself. And I built so much resentment, so much resentment towards myself and so much resentment for the kids that did pursue theater and the kids that 
pursued singing and acting and playing music and trying to create films and the kids that pursued um, writing. I even stopped reading books in high school because I was so afraid of how I would be perceived for being a bookworm. And now I'm really trying to reclaim that part of myself. I kind of started doing this when I was 16. I started making TikToks when the app first came out. I was obviously kind of harassed by my peers, which I think is silly because now everyone's on TikTok. And a few videos that I made took off and I got a little bit of a following. And from doing that, it opened up a lot of doors. I was able to get jobs as a social media marketer. Um, I started modeling part-time. I also made a few YouTube videos that are very, very silly. And I believe that they're still up, which is a little terrifying. But nonetheless, I started kind of cultivating the creative Marin again, started bringing her back up from the depths. And then again, I started listening to myself and I started listening to my peers and I got embarrassed and I stopped making YouTube videos. I continued to post on TikTok and Instagram and continued to take modeling jobs. And to this very day, I I feel the little voice inside, the little critic just being like, this is so cringy. What are you doing? But guess what? Doing all of these things has opened up so many doors for me. So that is my inspiration for starting this podcast. I've been wanting to do it for a really long time. I don't know if I'll ever be ready because I think that you're just constantly learning for your entire life. But this, I don't need to have all the answers and you don't need to listen to me. Okay. This is just cathartic. And I'm hoping that if I could even just help one person feel less alone with their thoughts, that's literally all that I want. I I really don't care if it's received poorly by people because guess what? Then it's not for you. Let's talk about imposter syndrome. I would define imposter syndrome as any time you feel that you are not worthy of being somewhere or doing something. So a really good example is with modeling. I My first shoot, I had the absolute worst imposter syndrome. I was so anxious the whole time. I was looking at the other models and just comparing myself to them and saying horrible things to myself. Like, I don't look like them. I don't know why I'm here. They must just have me here because they want a beginner. It's basically just feeling like you're not worthy of the opportunities that you're being given. Okay, so now that we've gone over what imposter syndrome is, I'm going to go over some signs that you might be struggling from imposter syndrome. So the first sign is anxiety. And I think that everybody has anxiety to a point. I have been diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. I suffer from panic attacks every once in a while, which is very fun. And it's really run a lot of my life. I I think that anxiety was the major reason why I stopped pursuing my dreams because the anxiety that I felt about not being accepted or not being liked just was too overwhelming for me. I would have, I would rather shrink myself down and make myself uncomfortable than have this anxiety of, oh, if I do this thing, how are people going to 
perceive it. And something interesting that I've learned about anxiety is it's really just fear of the future. And I still suffer from it today. Like I'm, I'm literally anxious doing this right now. I could do an entire episode on anxiety too. Well, we don't have to get into all of it right now. But what I have found to be most helpful with anxiety is just knowing that it is fear of something that hasn't happened yet and sitting down with yourself and saying, hey, girl, this hasn't happened yet. You don't have to worry about it until it happens, which is obviously easier said than done. I think that a really great way to combat this um, is just being present And again, way easier said than done. I have some tools and tips for how to kind of pull yourself out of being anxious. And one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten is to just bring yourself into the present by physically saying out loud or thinking in your brain, where am I right now? So for example, I'm sitting in this chair right now and I'm like, I am so anxious about how people are going to receive this podcast. But then if I just take a moment and I'm like, okay, babes, what's actually going on right now? I am like, name what you are doing in that moment. Name where you are. I am sitting in this chair in my dad's office and I am looking at my computer and I'm speaking into a microphone and I am completely safe and nobody is mad at me right now. Nobody is even listened to this yet as I am speaking this right now. So there really isn't a reason to worry. And again, this doesn't work every single time. So another thing that I like to do is I keep like sour candy a lot of the times or gum in my purse because I notice that stimulating your senses really helps bring you out of that anxiety because anxiety lives in your brain. It's not in your body. So the moment that like my tongue tastes sour candy, I'm kind of shocked like, oh, okay. I'm actually fine. Like that thing's not happening to me right now. I'm just sitting in my room chewing candy and I'm stressing about something that literally hasn't even happened. Another thing that I really like to do is have like fidget toys. So I have like the little, I don't even know what you would call it. The things where you push, push the little poppers in. I have a little keychain. I bring that with me all around. I've heard holding onto ice cubes can also be very helpful. I literally have a little tub of slime. <laughs> no shame about that. And I'm touching it right now, too, because I'm feeling anxious about filming this episode. So, yeah, like I said, I could talk about anxiety for hours and hours on end. So let's let that be its own episode. Um, The next sign that you are dealing with imposter syndrome is a lack of confidence. Once again, I think I could do an entire episode on confidence. I think it's something that you have to work your entire life to cultivate, but One of the best tips that I've ever received on lacking confidence or feeling insecure is just faking it until you make it. So something that really works for me is picturing someone that I think is really confident. For me, this is Paris Hilton. (laughs) So when I'm on a shoot and I am not feeling good about myself and I'm having all of these mean thoughts that aren't true, I will just think, okay, what would Paris Hilton do? And I will just do my very best to embody her. I will stick my back up straight and I will pose all sexy or whatever Miss Paris does. And even if that doesn't totally cure it right away, it helps because you're kind of showing your body and showing your brain 
you're like tricking it in a way into thinking that you're confident, if that makes sense. Another thing that I really like to do is I have pretty bad social anxiety and I have a lot of anxiety whenever I am going to new places or just places in general where there's a lot of people. And so something that I do to kind of combat this is just tell myself, okay, I own this room. I'm going to walk into this building like I own it, like I am the CEO. And since I've been doing this, I get a lot of compliments on how I hold myself up. And if you don't know like what it looks like to walk into a room like you own it, I'd recommend watching The Devil Wears Prada and just watch Meryl Streep's character and just kind of embody her mannerisms a little bit. Just test it out the next time you're walking to the grocery store or walking around campus. I promise it, it really does help with this. And I mean, there's so many other things that I could tell you to help confidence. And as I said before, there are so many days where I don't feel confident whatsoever. And that's okay. You don't need to feel confident every single day. I don't think anybody does. But faking it on those days where you don't feel confident will trick you into feeling confident. So number four is self-doubt. I have already given a million examples of self-doubt so far in this podcast. I, I have a I have a tip on how to fix this, but I want to dive into it in a little bit. So we're just going to go ahead and move on to the fifth sign. And the fifth sign kind of goes with self-doubt and that's thinking that you're not good enough. So to combat these negative thoughts, I am going to bring in one of my favorite authors, Julia Cameron. She wrote this book called The Artist's Way. And this book is really what inspired me to get into this podcast because what is imposter syndrome if not just holding yourself back from expressing your creativity I think when a lot of people hear creativity they're thinking about painting or singing or I don't know creating something artsy (laughs) like podcasts I guess technically aren't very aren't considered to be art or very creative by a lot of people but What she reminds us of in this book is that we ourselves are creations and therefore it is our duty to create. And she does use the term God in this book, like God as a creator. I am not religious in that sense of believing that God is a man in the sky. And babes, if that's what you think, no judgment here whatsoever. Amazing. You can think of God in whatever way you want to think about it. And she has this quote that I really, really enjoy. And it is by Mary Daly, who is a theologian. Is that how you say that word? I think so. And it says, why indeed must God be a noun? Why not a verb, the most active and dynamic of all? And that's really how I view this concept of God. Like I think of everyone and everything as God and what it is, is just a reflection of who you are. I'm hoping that this is making sense to my non-crazy humans, but I really like that she uses this idea, and you don't even have to be religious or agnostic at all to get what I'm saying. If you believe in science, the Big Bang Theory, boom, Earth is a creation from stardust, So therefore, we are creations and therefore it is your natural instinct 
to create. From the moment humanity has existed on this planet, we have created things. We have created tools. We have created societies. We have created some not so great things like patriarchy. But I mean, again, we can get into that in another episode. And just thinking about myself as someone who is instinctually creative has been very, very healing because it's so true. Because when I think back to who I was as a little kid, I was very, very creative. I think that most of us could probably attest to that. And if you're not creative right now, who told you to stop being creative? It was probably either yourself, your parents, or your peers, to be honest. Your natural state is probably very creative. And like I said before, it doesn't have to be a form of art. It could literally be anything. Like, I don't know, creating math problems is technically a creation. It is a creation, not even technically. So now we are going to talk about some basic principles that she shares that I read over every single day that I find to be incredibly helpful. And they kind of serve as affirmations and once again, you don't have to believe in God. You don't have to be spiritual, but I find these to be helpful. So if you want to go and grab a little pen and paper, I think that these would be very helpful to just write down and look at every time this little critic is coming up and telling you not to your dreams or passions, whatever that may be. I want you to look over these affirmations. So number one. Creativity is the natural order of life. Life is energy, pure creative energy. Number two, there is an underlying indwelling creative force infusing all of life, including ourselves. Number three, when we open ourselves to our creativity, we open ourselves to the creator's creativity within us in our lives. Number four, we are ourselves creations and we in turn are meant to continue creativity by being creative. Number five, creativity is God's gift to us. Using our creativity is our gift back to God. Number six, the refusal to be creative is self-will and is counter to our true nature. Number seven, when we open ourselves to exploring our creativity, we open ourselves to God. Good orderly direction. Number eight, as we open our creative channel to the creator, many gentle but powerful changes are to be expected. Number nine, it is safe to open ourselves up to greater and greater creativity. And number 10, our creative dreams and yearnings come from a divine source. As we move toward our dreams, we move toward our divinity. Ah, I love those. I love them so much. They give me chills. And I can attest to you that they're true. As I stated earlier, when I ignored what everyone was saying about me being cringy on TikTok, guess what? That led to me making money from making TikToks and YouTube videos and then making money from modeling. Pursuing your dreams is never not going to bring you abundance. And I truly, truly believe in this. And I think that this also is very counterintuitive for any of us who have kind of grown up in a lot of Western religions. I mean, I don't want to speak very generally about this. I'm mostly talking about the, re- the religion that I grew up in was very, 
it was not supportive of being creative. I remember I was in Chicago, the musical, when I was like 10 or 11. And I had some of my church leaders tell me that that musical was sinful and that I shouldn't be doing a show that God wouldn't approve of. But then going back and reading these affirmations, I now truly believe that if there is a God, if there is a higher source, like whatever you want to call it, I think that we are just getting closer to that source by engaging in creations, whether that's our own creation or, you know, putting someone else's creation to life, like the musical Chicago. So now that we have covered those basic principles, I'm going to talk about how to know if you are blocked creatively. So as I kind of mentioned before, I knew that I was blocked creatively because I had built up so much resentment and jealousy towards people that were pursuing the things that I wanted to pursue. That is really the first step. Like look at who you're criticizing and think to yourself, am I criticizing them because they're doing something that I want to do? And that's a really tough realization to have because you're not only just putting out negative energy towards another person, you're putting out negative energy towards yourself. I am a huge believer in what goes around comes around. These are some of the thoughts that I had that were really stopping me from pursuing my creativity, whether that was, you know, my I have so many different interests, as I've mentioned a, a few times, but we're just going to specifically talk about this podcast right now. So these are some of the thoughts that went through my mind. I thought to myself, it's too late to start a podcast. I'm too old. I thought to myself, okay, well, I'm just going to wait until I make enough money to start a podcast. I also thought, I don't actually want to start a podcast. It's just my ego that wants to start a podcast. Um, I also thought that starting a podcast was too much of a dream and that I needed to bring my expectations down back to earth and be a little bit more sensible. I also thought that if I did start this podcast, my friends and my family would think I was insane, which I'm sure many of them already do. And I also thought that creativity was a luxury and that there are just certain people on this earth who get to sit down and be creative and it's natural for them. And I wasn't one of those people. When I really sat back and sat with myself on this, I, I just realized that all of these thoughts, they're not coming from me. They're coming from my inner critic or from peers or from religious leaders that told me that it wasn't possible to do all of these things. And yes, it is true. I am someone who has a lot more free time than a lot of people. So I'm very blessed to have the time to sit down for an hour and record this podcast. A lot of people don't have that. I'm very, very aware of that. But I swear, even just indulging in something that you enjoy for five minutes, that could just be reading a book I think is extremely extremely healing I could go on a whole other tangent about this but I think that's something that really blocks us from creativity is social media um it's so much easier to open TikTok and scroll for an hour than it is to get a canvas down and start painting or 
listen to music or journal. And that takes discipline. Like I said, I could go, I could go on a whole tangent about that. And I probably will in a later episode, but we need to, we need to focus. We need to focus on the topic at hand. So what else do I want to talk about? In this book, Julia Cameron brings up this idea of the censor. And the censor is, I've kind of been calling her the inner critic. It is basically any negative thoughts that are in your, that are in your brain that don't belong to you. These thoughts, as I've mentioned earlier, they could have come from your parents. They could have come from yourself or from expectations that you've seen through the media or through the television, through music. They could have come from religious leaders. It doesn't necessarily matter where they come from as long as you understand that they do not come from you. They, these Anything negative, anything telling you to not pursue your passions is not coming from yourself. That is always coming from an external influence. And we have complete control over whether or not we believe these influences to be true. And what's really unfortunate about our brains is you have to train yourself to understand that all of the thoughts in your head are not necessarily true. That was one of the best pieces of advice that I ever got that has really helped me with my mental health because a lot of what I've just really struggled with has just been really negative thoughts about myself. And by challenging these thoughts, by writing them down and being like, okay, well, well, where does this thought originate from? Like, who told me this first? When did I first feel this way? I'm able to kind of separate, oh, that thought is not me. That comes from outside of myself. You're able to kind of devalidate it if that makes sense so I'm, I'm going to explain this process in a way that's a little bit more tangible so Julia says that we need to personify this critic or characterize it so my inner critic or censor whatever you want to call it her name is Becky and Becky is a bitch and I hate her what I do with Becky is every morning I sit down And if Becky has anything negative to say about me, I will draw a picture of Becky and I cross her out and then I write down everything that Becky is trying to tell me that morning. So I want to give a little bit of an example. I think I've already said this. Um, This morning, Becky was telling me that I am not smart enough to do this podcast. And what I did is I wrote that out. So I want you to characterize or personify your inner critic right now. They could also be a villain from your favorite cartoon. I found that to be really helpful. She, Julia offers that you could make your inner critic like the shark from Jaws or something. Whatever, whatever makes sense in your brain. And I want you to doodle that out on your notebook. I want you to write down whatever this inner critic is telling to you right now. And this is any negative thought that you have about yourself. And once you've written down everything that they have to say about you... I want you to read back through that list and I want you to offer a counter argument to every negative thing that your sensor is saying. So as I've already mentioned, Becky told me I'm not smart enough to do a podcast. And guess what? There are no qualifications for doing a podcast. Anyone who could get a microphone and who has a computer could do a podcast. Not even. You could literally make one on your phone. So boom, that thought vaporized 
And another thing that I find to be really helpful, as I've already kind of mentioned, is to think back, okay, so like who, where is this coming from? Like, where is this belief coming from? And I've just realized that this belief personally for me has just come from wanting to be liked by my peers and wanting to be accepted by my peers. It's something I still very, very much struggle with. I have a really hard time with people not liking me or thinking people upset. So I just realized that that's not me. Like that's coming from the people pleaser side of me that just wants everyone to be comfortable. But guess what? I want to be comfortable and it's not comfortable to hold yourself back from doing the things that you really, really want to do. So this morning I told Becky to fuck off and I recommend that you tell Becky to fuck off every single morning. Anytime she has anything to say, go and write it down prove her wrong, argue with her. She's wrong. She's, she is not very smart. Another thing that I like to do with Miss Becky is if she's just like so loud one day, I will meditate. And I also want to do an entire podcast episode on meditating because listen, girl, I am extremely neurodivergent. My brain is all over the place. I find it so hard to sit still. I find it so, so, so hard to relax and like watch a movie through to the end. And hey, if you are also feeling that way, it's okay. I want to tell you that meditation is actually not as hard as we think it is. What meditation is in its like most basic form is breathing, like literally just breathing and not really having stimulation with the brain. So you could do this by turning on a piece of classical music, any kind of music without words I'd recommend. Um, I also of course, like different, I don't know how you would say this, like different frequencies. You could look up just like healing frequencies on Spotify and literally you could just play it for a minute. I think that a lot of people try to dive into meditation and they're like, oh my God, okay, I have to do 30 minutes. And, and then you're never going to want to do meditation again because who can sit still for 30 minutes the first time you try to meditate? That's impossible. It's, it takes practice like anything else. So even 30 seconds, even 10 seconds, if you can just Close your eyes, put on some headphones, sit still or lay still for 10 seconds and just breathe. Boom, you have meditated. Congratulations. And I would challenge you to just add on as even one more second a day is helpful. So maybe today you start, you do 30 seconds and tomorrow you do 31 seconds. Guess what? In a month, you're going to be up to a minute. In the next month, you're going to be up to two minutes. Eventually, you'll be able to sit down and meditate for maybe 30 minutes. I don't know. I would obviously recommend maybe doing a little bit more than a minute at a time. Maybe five minutes is a really good place to start. And it's going to be hard. And another common misconception that I see about meditation is that your brain is supposed to be blank. That is not true. What meditation does is it allows you the space to process emotions and feelings and thoughts. So when I'm meditating, my brain is not blank. It is going a million miles per minute, babes. Every thought that I possibly had up until that meditation is racing through my head. And by giving it the space to just exist with nothing else, no other stimulation going on, we release it just subconsciously. A trick that I really like to use is kind of thinking of these thoughts like clouds that are just or like steam that's kind of just like 
rising off of your head. I also like to think of these thoughts as like black smoke. So you could think of every time you're breathing out, you're breathing out black smoke. You're breathing out negative thoughts. You're breathing Becky out of you. Get her out. She has possessed you. It's not nice. Get out, Becky. You're not allowed in here. So yes, ma'am. Meditation is great. We love her. The last piece of advice that I would give you to tackle this inner sensor, to tackle this imposter syndrome, and you're going to roll your eyes at me, is self-care and self-love. And here's the thing, babes. I know that self-love isn't tangible for a lot of people. It's not even for me. I I could say, yes, ma'am. I do love myself very much. I love her. She's like my best friend. But do I love her every day? No, just like your best friend. I mean, here's the thing. You can still love your best friend every day, but you're not going to like her every day. The same thing goes with your family or your romantic partners. So once you've cultivated that love, like it's never going to go away. But yes, there's certainly days where I wake up and I am really, really hard on myself. I'm really not a fan of who she is. And like I said, this is when we use Becky. But another thing that you can do to kind of just tricking your brain into loving yourself because if you're on this mission where you're just like Marin like I absolutely hate myself so much that's fine that's totally fine first of all I want you to just just like know that that's okay because guess what a year ago I despised myself too I think that all of us on this earth go through a phase of hating ourselves anyone that's on the internet telling you just love yourself babes they've they have had to work their ass off to get there like we Especially just like being anyone that is not like inherently accepted by like patriarchy or capitalism. You are just going to be bombarded with a million different messages telling you that you as you are naturally is not okay. Is not acceptable. That you should try to change. That you should not accept yourself for who you are. So it, it takes a daily practice to combat those voices. And some of the things that I like to do daily is meditation. I like to do yoga. Some of the best ways, and I think the only way to move out that negative energy, to move out the Becky energy, is to breathe and move. Because yes, like you could do the journaling, but you're probably not actually going to feel better unless you go for a walk. Because energy is very much a real thing. It is very much in our bodies. And if you're just journaling, you're not exactly doing anything with that energy it's still going to be inside of you but if you journal and then you take a a bunch of deep breaths you're going to breathe Becky out of you or if you go for a walk you're going to sweat Becky out of you just get her out like I said she is think of it as like you are being possessed by a ghost or something and the only way to exercise this ghost out of you is to physically move your body or to breathe her out But that's like the basics. That's what everyone's going to tell you. Another thing that everyone's going to tell you is to take a nice bath and turn on your favorite Netflix show and do a face mask. And guess what? I'm going to tell you to do that exact same thing. But I'm going to tell you to do that with every possible thing that you do in your life. So what's something we all have to do? We all have to eat food. I want you to bougify does that make sense I want (laughs) I want you to make every experience in your life as bougie and as curated to your needs as possible so just very little things that I'll do for myself like right now I have three beverages in front of me I have coffee I have tea 
and I have ice water with a very yummy flavor pack in it. And my tea, I spent a little bit of extra time cutting up some ginger and some lemon. And what I'm doing by doing these things is I'm showing myself that I am worthy of (laughs) time. I am worthy of effort. I want you to think about your best friend. Just think of someone who you really, really love and who you would do absolutely anything for. My question for you is if you would do that for them, why wouldn't you do that for yourself? And even if Becky's coming up right now and she's like, because I don't deserve it, blah, blah, blah. I don't care if you still think that. I want you to just start doing it. Start dating yourself. Start putting all of your energy into yourself. And this is another thing that I could talk about because when you start doing that and you don't have as much energy left over for other people, they're going to react negatively. They're going to sense it. And a lot of people really are are energy vampires and benefit off of um, people pleasers that will put everyone else first except for themselves stop it stop it right now I want you to put all of your extra time and energy into yourself even if you just have an hour when you get home spend that hour doing something that you really love to do when you're doing your showers I think that just adding in like a little body scrub or like dry brushing beforehand or when you get out of the shower just taking the time to like lotion your entire body and have a really nice skincare routine these are all ways that you are showing yourself love and only through physical action are you actually going to love yourself and like I said it's going to take a daily practice and it's going to really hurt (laughs) you're going to go through a lot of emotions of like why didn't I do this for myself earlier? Like, why was I doing this for everybody else, but not for myself? And I just want you to know that you're not alone in that. I don't want you to give up. I don't want you to listen to these other people that are going to be upset with you for putting more energy into yourself because I'm going to quote Taylor Swift. You are on your own kid. You always have been because guess what? No one in this world is guaranteed. Like no one is going to be here forever with you except for yourself. So why don't you put all of your energy and eggs into your basket. Another thing that I think that you could do is cooking. I would like to do an entire segment talking about this and cleaning. So by putting in the extra effort to maybe buy, like research a nice recipe, and I would recommend Trader Joe's for my low budget girlies in college (laughs) that um, want to like start eating a little bit healthier and Here's the thing. I don't believe in eating 100% healthy. I believe in eating whatever you want, whatever you're craving. I also believe in like cycle syncing and, you know, curating it depending on where you're at in your cycle. And that could be a whole other episode. Um, But I very much believe in learning how to care for your body. And I wish that more therapists would recommend the first thing you do is to change your diet and change your physical movement and I don't even mean exercise like by doing yoga and meditation that is already changing your your movement for the day or by going for a walk every single day if you are physically moving your body every single day and it doesn't have to be vigorous as I've just mentioned and if you are putting in the time and effort to learn new recipes or learn to cook food maybe for example that like your mom made for you growing up that's really comforting that is such a great way to trick yourself into loving yourself because if girl if you would make like a three-course meal for a man's 
but you're not making a three course meal for yourself, what are you doing? And with cleaning, I want, I would like to do a whole other podcast on, on cleaning because it's something I'm very passionate about. And maybe I'm just very, very, I'm very much a clean freak. I like my space to be clear because I am a big believer that your physical space is a reflection of your internal space, your brain. Um, And even if your brain is so busy and there's a lot going on and, and you're feeling like shit, I promise you, if you dedicate 10 minutes to cleaning your room, like if, if you just want to waste away in your room, don't waste away in like a gross room because you are, we are so sensitive to our environments. I, I think a lot of people become very desensitized because like I said, it's very easy to ignore your environment and just go on your phone. But if you are very conscious and intentional with the objects that are in your room you you surround yourself with things and colors that you really like you put effort into making it look nice every single day once again you are showing yourself that you are worth that effort every single person on this planet is so worthy of having a comfortable clean nice space to exist in and to rest in and every single person listening to this podcast and on this earth is worthy of being fed and being well taken care of physically and so when we begin to take care of ourselves physically that is when the self-love happens baby and like I said I would like to just do a whole episode diving into all of this so let me know what other information you would like oh One more tip for you that I'm just going to tell you, and I've already touched on this a little bit. Trust your intuition because she knows what's up. Whatever comes easiest for you and whatever you are excited about, just do it. It doesn't matter if your friends are going to think it's weird. They're not your friends because guess what, babes? The people that I really love... I swear they could tell me like, I want to go to clown college. Not, Not that clown college is lame or anything. I don't, I do not judge. But they could tell me, something like that and I would be like amazing I love that for you pop off because if they're excited about it oh I love it my favorite part of talking to people is just hearing about their passions and I don't have to be passionate about it I absolutely love just listening to how excited people's voices get and I love seeing that other people are just as passionate about certain things as I am So yeah, I think that that is everything that I have for you today. If you would like to leave me a little bit of a review, if you would like to, I think you can like give me some comments. I'm not really quite sure how this works, but if you have any little critiques or recommendations, I I really want this podcast to be curated to the people that are listening to it. Like, yes, it is for me. It's like a little bit of a journal, a little bit of a cathartic moment for me but at the same time like I'm really doing this for my younger self and I'm doing it for all of the other girlies listening to this that is um kind of feeling a bit lost and a bit scared please let me know your suggestions I hope that you're having an incredible week I love you very very much and you are doing absolutely amazing I think even by taking the time to listen to an hour of me talking about imposter syndrome is like such a big step in self-development and I'm very proud of you that's it peace out girl scouts